He sticks out like a sore thumb. We'll find him. The hell you will. He's got a two-day head start on you, which is more than he needs. Brody's got friends in every town and village from here to the Sudan. He speaks a dozen languages, knows every local custom. He'll blend in, disappear. You'll never see him again. With any luck, he's got the grail already. Uh, does anyone here speak English? Or even ancient Greek? Uh, water? No, thank you, sir. No, fish make love in it. Thank you so much. No, I don't, thank you. No, I really don't want Thank you very much. No, thank you, madam. I'm a vegetarian. Does anyone understand a word I'm saying here? We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. The greater good. <laughs> nice. I think I caught you like mid-chew there. <laughs> <laughs> I know Thursdays are uh, for busy for Andrew, so you're, you're probably like eating dinner right now also while you're trying to do the show. No, just a milk dud. Oh, okay. Just milk dud. Okay, but so it's dessert. I overestimate or underestimated the uh, the milk dud. <laughs> Because you see the box of milk duds and you think, that's just this tiny little chocolate caramel thing. No, no. This thing was that huge. And I thought, I'll, I'll get it before it's time to start, to start talking. And I didn't. It's okay. We were, we're fine. No one would have ever known had I not called you out on it. So I, I guess that we're fine. Anyway, um, this is, yeah, Cheap Seat Reviews. This is episode 444. And tonight we are finally finishing... I shouldn't say finally, but we are finishing the Indiana Jones trilogy that we started oh so long ago with Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, or and and The Last Crusade. And The Last Crusade. And The Last yeah. Crusade. I am your host, Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Andrew. Now, this is a joke that's only going to work for those people that knew Andrew in college. And I have to give you a backstory to the joke, but I think there's, it's a, there's a good payoff. In, in, in college... Andrew, Andrew Jimison, AJ, somebody thought it would be clever to uh, call him juice, as in AJ, as in apple juice, right? And you're making a face, Andrew. You, you do remember this, right? Oh, I remember it well, and I've hated it. Yeah, you, you've always yeah. hated it. You've always hated it. And there was one guy who was your big brother in the fraternity, who's also named Andrew, who tried to make it stick, and of course... Um, it, I think that actually made it worse uh, because it was him that was trying to make it stick. So with that backstory having been said, joining me tonight is Andrew, don't call me Juice, Jimison. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Uh, I, I love every bit of this movie, but we're going to talk about it in a minute. But, but that line, there's, there's a lot of one liners in this movie that, that stick out and, and you can take away from it. And I've actually said to people before, don't call me junior or, you know, things like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah there's, there's a lot of good ones from this, yeah. this movie and, and returning uh, as always, I guess, for, for the Indiana Jones movies, <laughs> though we didn't force him to do Crystal Skull, but I don't think we knew you when we did Crystal Skull, is mm. Eric, he chose wisely. Well, good. Woods, good, good, from the good. Cinematic Sound Radio podcast. At least I'm not aging rapidly in front of your eyes Yeah, no. right now. So, So I'm going to get this out of the way. Because I just mentioned the He Chose Wisely part. I've mentioned it on the podcast before. It's just, it's a funny story. At least I think it's funny because it involves me. When I was a kid watching this movie, and I watched this movie a bunch as a kid, and I watched this with my son, and um, and he really enjoyed it. I thought for, for the longest time that when the when Donovan drinks the cup and drops it, and then he looks over and he says, He chose poorly. I thought that that was the name of the cup, that um. that the that the cup was called poorly, that he had chosen poorly, and that other cups had different names. Like that cup over there is called, you know, uh, uh, bad, and that cup is unwisely, and that you know, like they all had a bad name except for wisely, 
Like, like when you know what I'm saying, like when you're 10, 11, 12, like don't quite understand the grammar of the thing. So, <laughs> yeah. I thought you were kind of going to go along the, the way of like, he named them like kitty cups. Like it's poorly and here's drinky and here's slurpy. Oh, and, yeah. And that's what I'm thinking. What? Oh, so now you're like oh, wisely and everything. But yeah, I thought, I thought, I think poorly is hilarious, but I was thinking of more of like a 12 year old going, Oh, that must be poorly. So where's drinky? And yeah. that's where I was too. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's funny. No. That's actually funnier than the, what I did. But no, as a kid, I, I was just like, <laughs> he chose poorly and that one's, you know, uh, badly. And that one is dumbly, you know, like, there are all these different adverbs uh, that you can do. <laughs> so anyway, welcome back to the show, Eric. We're glad to have you here. Thanks. Uh, this is, yeah, I've been having a lot of fun uh, revisiting these movies. So uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely. And and again, this is this has been a fun trilogy to to, to revisit as we kind of lead up. The, the idea was to lead up into the, the new movie, Dial of Destiny, which is out now. Uh, and getting mm-hmm. it's getting kind of mixed reviews. Some people like it, some people don't. But you can't please. You're not going to be able to please everyone with haters. Going to hate when you're re, when you're you know continuing a story that is kind of beloved as as this story as this character is. So, uh, but oh, it it started early. <laughs> you hear it? Is it the cuckoo clock? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's two minutes early. Gosh dang it. So while this <laughs> clock does its thing, Andrew, go ahead and tell us what this movie is. All right. In 1938, after his father goes missing while pursuing the Holy Grail, Indiana Jones finds himself up against the Nazis again to stop them from obtaining its powers. And that was up just long enough. Nazis. Yeah, that was yeah. just long enough to, to get the clock out of there. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I think I'm on record saying this is my favorite of the trilogy, and uh, we all yep. know that Eric, this is uh, Eric's uh, the first one. Raiders is his favorite. And Andrew, mm-hmm. have we asked you which one is your favorite? Is it this one also, or? Well, that might happen to be my five word review. Oh well, then go ahead and say what your five word review is. Favorite of the indie franchise. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's my first one. My second one is, it's actually a six-word review, and that is, what circus needs that many snakes? (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Like, do they hand them out to people as souvenirs? I don't know. (laughs) They're party favors. They come with your seat. Yeah. Uh, No, you're not wrong. That's that's a crap ton of snakes. Why why would you ever need that many? Yeah, that's true. Like, I could see... You know, a couple of terrariums with you know five or six snakes, but and maybe you have in your act you have a snake guy who like has a big you know like a big python yeah. wrapped around him and like oh come into my house of wonders and see my snakes, but like it's gonna be it's raining like snakes. Of, it's a bowl of snake spaghetti. Yeah, that's what that is. There's oh there's how did we miss the there's snakes on this mother effing train joke? There's a, you know, <laughs> oh yeah snakes on a train. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. So it, it also is my it's my favorite one too. Um, anything else you want to uh, expand on that five word? Or you just want to leave it there, and we'll just we'll just go. Well, no, I just I just want to say I I think I said this uh, with the last one we did, but I used to watch these with my my dad all the time, and usually they were on TV, you know, some network uh, cable network, so it was always cut with commercials and things. So it was good to see this straight through because I don't think I've seen it straight through in quite a while. Um, but this is by far my favorite. And I think I've seen this one the most. And I, I remember watching this as a kid thinking, man, I kind of want to be an archeologist, uh, just because I want to, you know, get into all sorts of shenanigans and, (laughs) and make out with hot German ladies. And, but, then I realized that, you know, the the one line that he says in his classroom of, it's mostly reading and re- research. I, that's really what it is. <laughs> I don't know of any archaeologist that has actually lived the Indiana Jones life. Maybe there's one, but I don't know. 
Well, and that's what makes the line in the fourth movie funny when he's riding on the back of Shia LaBeouf's motorcycle and they crash into the library and the guy, and there's this kid there. He's like, I got a question. He goes, you need to get out of the library and get into the field. It's like, oh, well, that's not what you said, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah. Or 20 years ago. Yeah, I'm with you, though. Uh, so it's actually opposite. Well, not opposite, but like, so I've actually never seen this like cut with the commercials, and it's funny because we there are movies that are like that with me. Like remember when we did Ghostbusters for the podcast? Mm-hmm. I had never seen. It wasn't until the podcast viewing that I had seen the un, you know, commercialed version of Ghostbusters. So I had never, mm-hmm. I never knew that there was a ghost blowjob scene. Like I didn't know that was a thing. So, um. Because we own these on VHS, we had these on 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 the, we had the whole set on VHS. So I I've probably seen this movie easily thirty times, from front to back. Maybe maybe more. I don't know, but it would be high twenties, thir- low thirties. I would I would suspect, and it's my favorite simply because it's the funniest, and it's just. Yeah, there's a lot of fun jokes, and yeah, there's some one liners, and it's a, I think a little bit more. I know a lot of people, so we'll talk about this here in just a second. How do we feel about the intro, besides the fact that it's significantly too many uh, snakes? Are are we okay with giving all of Indy's characteristics in one five-minute fight scene? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, that was delightful. (laughs) It was. I'm okay with that. Yeah? You're okay with it? It's it's a a film series that, I mean, there's a lot of things that don't make sense. Um, you know, ghosts and voodoo and hundred year old, uh, eight hundred year old men, and so yeah, sure. Let's have Indiana Jones have every single Indiana Jones ism in one great action scene. Yeah, um, and I'm okay with that. And it's a perfect way to explain it. You know, I mean, again, because I mean, we're not in the um, we're not in the time frame where you could now have a. 40 episode Indiana Jones series and really go deep into his childhood, although eventually they did. But I mean, with all streaming and everything that they do nowadays, right? If this movie came out and you had that trilogy, then you'd have a, another TV show and this and that. But they thought this was it. This was the end. So I thought it was kind of a clever way of of introducing all those fun things, especially like the scar. I mean, that's just, yeah. I mean, that, this is Harrison Ford got in a car accident for crying out loud. But they, you know, yeah, that's a scar. Let's, let's, let's address that. And not in any other movie that Harrison Ford has ever been in, right? Mm-hmm, so right. now the, the scars is like the indie lore. It's nothing else. So I like that. I like I like the hat. I love the. It's it's great. It's great. Yeah. I I have always contended also that I liked that that bit too. You know, because like the very beginning of the movie, like his buddy, like they're Eagle Scouts, right? And he's like the guy's freaking out and then he goes it's just a snake like it's no big deal and he picks up the snake and throws it away it's not until he's buried in snakes that he, be- he <laughs> develops his fear of snakes right uh, like they're coming out of his sleeve at kind of deus ex machina moment in the fight scene but you know but i was okay i'm i've, I've always been okay with it in fact i almost wish more movies did this you know it's like oh i think in movies I'm nowadays sure. they force it Right, yeah. they're forcing the backstory, much like I mean, Star Wars, uh, Solo, right? The whole Han Solo last name thing. Like, did we really need that? We didn't, and it was stupid and silly. At least they did it in a smart, interesting, and fun way in Last Crusade. And it was just, like I said, it was delightful to see all of that stuff, you know, happen within a, like a twenty-minute <laughs> sequence. Yeah. Right? He became literally Indiana Jones for there. Like you said, he went from a Boy Scout to Indiana Jones in a matter of 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Now, I think if uh, in Solo he had gotten sliced with a... uh, A blaster or something? A blaster bolt or something. He got it in Um, the fight with Chewie. No. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't want to spend this podcast defending Solo because I think it's a fine film. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's awful. It's it's fine. But it just seems those things are seem forced, right? Yeah. Right. You go see a prequel and it's just, oh, we have to have every single thing. And sometimes you just want to leave a mystery. But this one, I I think it was so so unexpected too, right? We had, I I don't think, I remember seeing it for the first time, not thinking we were going to get this, you know, backstory. Because I th- honestly thought that that was Indiana Jones um, as the the Fedora. looters, yeah. And I'm like, 
that's not Harrison Ford. What the hell is happening here? Yeah. And it was so confusing until he finally said, you know, hey, Indy, Indy, right? Indiana. I'm like, oh my God, that's him as a kid. This is neat. Let's go. But I was confused for the whole thing for about five or six minutes because I had no idea where it was going to go. And that's what was great about that sequence. Yeah. I don't know if that was Richard Young's voice as Fedora or if that was Harrison Ford's voice, but it, they sound so much alike too. They do. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, he doesn't have very many lines, but I would bet that that was probably his own voice. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah, no, I've I've always contended it's 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 okay to have the intro, and like that, or th- to have that thing. So I'm I'm for. I was just curious of your opinions because I know there are some people that are like, oh, it's I hate how they did that. It's awful. It's it's really? lame, and it's like, well, who cares? You know, yeah. it's 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 fine. We you know, and and really. <laughs> Honestly, we don't we don't need it. We also don't need the fight with the guy with the cross. Like we don't really need any of that. It doesn't serve really the plot other than we're just reestablishing. You know, like it, it it makes you feel like, well, he loses this thing, and this is why he became an archaeologist was to find this thing again to to get these pieces of of history in museums. And yeah, and it's to kind of show that he's he's doing all these quests for the right reason, which is to That's get it. it into museums. And when we get to the quest for the Holy Grail, it's not for the Holy Grail. It's not for him. It's for, you know, preserving the history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say the exact same thing, because if you see him in the first two films, it's more of, well, he literally says it in Temple of Doom, it's fortune and glory. Right. And so, but now we get a sense of, he doesn't do it to just loot. He's bringing it back to the museum. And that's a, that's a theme that goes on through this whole film. And he wants to make sure that's preserved and everybody can see it and appreciate it. So I think that's pretty important to, to address, uh, especially at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And I think that without that, you could make an argument that he is not really a good guy. Right. If he's out for, you know, robbing places and for glory for himself, then you can make the argument that he's not really the good guy. Well, you can, I wouldn't say he's not a good guy, but he's certainly not a, well, maybe you're right. Maybe he's a good guy. He's the protagonist, but he might not be. I mean, you know, like Han Solo is kind of an anti hero, right? He's a scoundrel. He's a smuggler. Mm -hmm. He's all of these things. Do we see Indiana Jones the same way? I mean, a little bit in Temple of Doom, we don't really get it in any other movie. Cause he, but even in Temple, like the movie starts off with like, he's willing to stab the girl to, to do the thing, right? But by the yeah. end of the movie, he's saving children. Like we talked about that last, last episode. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he, he really has that change of heart. Um, and, you know, in, in Last Crusade, he's willing to blow up the Ark to prevent the Nazis from getting, you know, the power. So, again, he's trying to do the right thing. And then this one is mostly just about saving his dad. Yeah. You know, it's it's not... Most of the movie is, is find my dad, and then it turns into almost like a dad road trip movie for a little bit. And mm-hmm. then it goes back into, I have to save my dad. Uh, so... And I love Sean Connery in this movie. Yeah, uh, he is just the best. Like, um, old Sean Connery is my favorite. I didn't. I wasn't really into the Bond movies, the early Bond movies. So like Sean Connery in this, Sean Connery in um, Hunt for Red October. Like those are my Sean Conneries. Yeah. So I'm with you, Eric. What's your five word review? Um, I have two. First one is a perfect end to the trilogy. Thanks. And the second one is actually six words. And it's called graduating from Action University with style. Right. And I think that's something Spielberg said. He said, this is where I graduate from Action University and moves on to other things. Although he still did action adventure films. I just, it, it's kind of a, you know, after he got a taste of Color Purple and Empire of the Sun, I think he was kind of gearing up to that uh, that momentous occasion in '93 when he finally did Schindler's List and then matured as a filmmaker. So, 
but yeah, I think he was done. I think he was completely done with this series in 89 and unfortunately forced into doing Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. But I, I don't even think he wanted to do this one. And it was the father-son story that pulled him in. He wasn't interested in any of the ridiculousness that came beforehand. I mean, if you if you read how this was originally supposed to go about, it involved uh, haunted houses, pygmies, gorillas. Um, uh, uh, then it went to the Holy Grail, where Indy would touch the Holy Grail and a stairway to heaven would arrive and he would ascend the stairway and disappear. And that would be the end of Indiana Jones. So many weird ideas. Like George Lucas was obsessed with this monkey King and he had even Chris Columbus, the director of Goonies and, and home alone and all that sort, write a, a draft based on, uh, what's it say here? It would be a, a battle with gorillas and pygmies. Like he was obsessed with gorillas and pygmies and uh and talking to a spider monkey king, like a human hybrid, it it was wackadoodle. But then they finally grounded him. Uh, I think it was Menyo Mehis who got the story credit, um, started um to introduce the Holy Grail, and then it was Jeffrey Bohm who came in, flushed out the whole script, and then there was the um I don't know who it was that came up with the idea of Sean Connery, no, sorry, of father and son, but that's what interested Spielberg in this. It wasn't so much the the Holy Grail as the MacGuffin. It was the father-son story, which is really the key to this film, and that's why I think it works, or else it just would have been a retread of Raiders Lost Ark, a real safe version of Raiders Lost Ark. So the father-son story really saved this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it really does, and I also, I mean, yeah, it helps that you know you get to, you know, you have Nazis to punch, and so there's that that helps yeah. too, and um, and the movie does, I think why one of the reasons why I like this movie is because it does kind of feel like a Bond movie because it's a little bit more jet setting, you know, we we go from. Uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts, I guess that's where he is, right? Like, well, we movie starts; he's in the, the Utah desert. Um, uh, he's in Utah, and then it goes to wherever home is, right? I just assumed it was like, isn't it? I thought it was always Chicago, but maybe it's, was it Chicago? I don't know. Um, it, but I can find it. Yeah, it always Marshall carried, College, which was in oh, actually it was in Connecticut. There you go, Connecticut. Yeah, it uh, it had a New England feel to me, but yeah. it, it's hard to tell. It's it's just trees and some old buildings, and then we go <laughs> to uh, and then we go to Venice. And then we go to, uh, you know, like Turkey or where did we go? You're in Austria. Oh, we, go, we go from uh, oh, there Austria. To Austria, yeah. Yeah, Austria, yeah. And then to uh, Iskenden, and then from there they go, I can't remember where they are. It's the Republic of Haiti, Haiti, H-A-T-A-Y. Yeah. yeah. So, which is nowadays something else. I don't know what it is today. But I just like the fact that we're kind of all over the place, and and I think that's really cool. You get the different um, locations. You got that really cool location that's got the door that's built into the side of the cliffs, which is a real location uh, that they also used in a Transformers movie. Just the funny thing I think is, that's is Jordan. That, yes, that's in Jordan. Yeah. 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 Uh, the fun thing is, is that that doorway walks. You only go in about ten feet, and yeah. that's it. Like it's one room. Uh, but it's this huge gate that you know, like you know, they they like to turn into this. Uh, it's a really cool location. It it really is. But um, anyway, so so my five word reviews. It's really funny. Literally, I wrote my first one was perfect end to a trilogy. So <laughs> <laughs> we're on the same page here. It's a good thing I wrote another one. Uh, I also wrote five minute character backstory intro. Still making reference to the beginning. And then I just wrote, the last one I did, I did three, was Great Fun, Adventure, Good Jokes. Yeah. This movie makes me laugh. I think that's why I like this one the most, because it is a little more lighthearted. Especially compared to Temple of Doom. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the jokes are kind of all over the place. I mean, like, like we're, we're, we're having moments where 
you know, the dad goes to rescue Marcus in the tank. And, you know, the guy says, Dr. Jones is getting away. He goes, I don't think so. He's right here. No, not that Dr. Jones, the other Jones. You know, like there's a lot of those kind of moments, you know, where we're, we're having some fun with it. And, uh, and it's also funny watching like, um, you know, the dad, he doesn't want to hurt anybody. He doesn't want to kill anybody. And then by the end, he's using the tank to blow up a truck full of Nazis, you know, like, everyone has some has their moments so i just this movie just it just makes me makes me happy guys it just makes me so happy and even pulling clips for the thing again this is a movie i've seen so many times and there's still clips there's still moments that make me laugh um for example i'm gonna play this clip out of order but i don't care so this scene here wouldn't fall into their hand i came here to save you oh yeah and who's gonna come to save you Junior, I told you. Don't call me Junior. So I captured that for two parts. One, because the German says shit, which is funny. Uh, two, um, I just like to don't call me Junior. But the next part is. Look what you did. It just still makes me laugh. Like he's just, I can't believe my son just murdered three Germans. You know, look what you did. I, I, I love his, the way he does things in this movie. Sean Connery is just, just the brilliant. They love it so much. Okay. Um, what else do we want to talk about? Because I got some clips here. Uh, I, don't, I didn't take a lot of notes just because I've seen this movie so many times. And there's really not a whole lot of trivia about it on IMDb. What you got, Eric? You got your big book of things, right? Oh my God! Yeah, I checked my big book of things, but you know, for as for as detailed and wonderful as this book is, uh, a lot of the stuff for Last Crusade actually comes from uh, uh, like the making of Last Crusade that was on the DVD or the Blu-ray. So pretty much everything that I I already know or we already know is kind of like out there. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing was, and we talked about it when we were doing the Temple of Doom review, was that there are Raiders of the Lost Ark leftovers. So mm-hmm. some of them were inserted into Temple of Doom, and there were three leftovers from Raiders that were inserted into uh, Last Crusade. And that was the Nazi double agent, um, rats, mm-hmm. and Indy almost drowning. Gotcha. So it was the three things that, uh, yeah, that were kind of left over from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know if there's any other kind of, like, key bits of trivia. Although, I mean, there's there's some funny little stories. Like, for instance, the conversation between father and son on the zeppelin um sean connery was so hot in his uh suit that he decided he was going to take his trousers off and so he did the entire scene without pants and so harrison ford said fine i will do the whole scene without pants as well so they're shot from waist up sitting there having a drink together but they're not wearing pants at all because i think sean connery's suit was actually a wool uh, suit so it was just blazing hot he just and he says he just sweats profusely so they just took off their pants and did that entire sequence That's fantastic uh, with no pants um I, I i also find it fascinating that connery's only 12 years older than 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 harrison ford yeah and yeah. and that's what i think they were they were really worried about that when they offered it to him but connery just kind of jumped at the chance of doing that and and of course i mean he's the perfect father i mean they wouldn't have done it with anybody else although there were other people con- um considered and i and i couldn't find anywhere where they they said that they um of who they talked to but i think spielberg was adamant of getting james bond as the dad because that's where the idea came from you know when they were talking on the beach in hawaii after you know counting the receipts from star wars you know spielberg wanted to do the james bond movie and george lucas is like no i got something better and so james bond inspired indiana jones so let's bring james bond in as as jones's uh father but yeah the chemistry between the two of them was incredible and i and i and harrison ford uh credits connery with that because they didn't really and i and i remember uh, hearing this during an interview there someone asked harrison ford said 
you know, what kind of stories were you guys talking about? And did you hear many things about James Bond and everything? And he said, no, absolutely not. It was all just focused on the story of the film that we were making. And they had a great time doing it. And, but they just wanted to make sure that they had this down right and that there was chemistry between the two of them. And that's how they formed their friendship. And they didn't have to worry about the past or anything. They just focused on this film. And Connery had a million ideas and he brought all that to the table and Spielberg and Lucas really appreciated that. So yeah, I, I do like the fact that again, it's, it's the father and son story and everything is uh, moved forward or moved along because of that. Um, you know, you have to save Henry senior from the tank and it's not necessarily, you know, Indy going on a, um, or indeed, uh, like in, in Raiders Lost Ark, trying to get the Ark. He's trying to save his dad. And then he tries to save him. He has to save him again. And it's a race against time after he gets shot. And by the way, that scared the bejesus out of me when I saw it for the first time. Yeah. That yeah. awesome wide shot of, you know, Nazis on one side and, Her and, and Indiana Jones on the other side. And then all of a sudden he shoots him. And I think Ben Burt mentioned that he went out to a parking garage and fired off. A, a gun to get that big boom and that reverberation mm -hmm. and that echo um, that just, oh, it was, that scared me to death. And I think that's what made that whole last sequence an incredible bookend to the whole series uh -huh. um, because it was released against time. And, and Indy had to, had to do this. He was forced to do that. And he didn't want to get the grail because of the grail. He needed to get the grail to save his dad. So I thought that was wonderful. But I, as I said, it was, a, it was a perfect bookend because Raider starts with going into a temple and finding a thing. And Last Crusade mirrors that, but right at the end of, of the film. And, and we all know that they, you know, ride off into the sunset. And he's like, this is the most perfect ending to a trilogy ever and then they ruin it but um <laughs> yeah it was the thing about this movie i think that i remember the most is because it was the first indiana jones film i saw in the theater i didn't see temple of doom my parents wouldn't take me i was too young to see raiders lost art so i saw this in an old theater uh in hamilton called the tivoli and it was the last film that they uh showed it in. it was just this old grand theater huge screen um and it was one of those ones that had um uh like the alley or the the were on either side and there was a, a pathway in between um which uh -huh. is kind of odd and i just remember sitting on the edge right in the middle and just just enveloped by this whole story it was really really fantastic and and that's what i remember the most about it and yeah they shut that place down which is too bad because it was just beautiful beautiful old theater but um and now that i've seen all the films <laughs> i finally seen all the films on the big screen and i saw temple of doom couple of months ago and that's the lot that was the first time i saw it on the on the big screen so but yeah i i i i think also i think we talked about it with temple of doom and raiders the cinematography is unbelievable and you can really contrast douglas Slocum's cinematography to uh, janusz kaminski's cinematography in the fourth and whoever shot this fifth one and just how absolutely brilliant and vibrant and colorful the original trilogy is compared to those ones and especially when you're seeing montages now for this new dial of destiny movie and they start showing scenes from the first four movies and then start intercutting some scenes from the fifth one they don't even compare at all slocum was yeah. amazing and i and i really do wish he worked with spielberg the whole, for his entire career because these movies look gorgeous the widescreen photography unbelievable and uh yeah that's what I really love about the, yeah, the, the, the trilogy just looks gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. I what agree. Were, what were you going to say, Andrew, right before well, uh, uh, Eric went on his thing? No, well, I have two things. Sorry. That... No, 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 don't no, apologize. You, you, that was great. Yeah. Um, I have two things that I, one that I didn't realize. I, I think I remember it, but I didn't realize uh, when they went to the catacombs, to search for the tomb under the library there that they found petroleum there because mm. I just never. And, and so I always wondered how they got the torch. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. When I was younger. Yeah. Um, and then I also wondered <laughs> how, 
how flammable is this? Because you're carrying a torch. <laughs> and and he goes, so is and the it's petroleum fire? Yeah. <laughs> is the petroleum floating on top of the water? Is that what's happening here? Because they go under the water. Well, he goes under the water, right? And, and looks around. If that were petroleum, that would. Uh, you know, oh, it would burn know. like hell. Yeah, it would hurt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's that was one thing I. I noticed and made me think a little bit. And then the last thing that I've always wondered with this movie is they go to seek, uh, you know, immortality with this, uh, with this, uh, the cup, cup right? Yeah. And so is this as a, you know, looking at it from a Christian background, is this immortality as in the spiritual immortality or is this as the 800 year old knight? is this real immortality? And does that now make Indiana Jones and Henry Jones immortal or how did, I didn't really understand the rules of this. Yeah. So yeah. it's all everything to do with the great seal. Yeah. You pass the great seal and that's the price of immortality is to stay there and, Okay. And be immortal. Yeah, I, the moment you I, pass I, I, the seal, I mean, you trigger the earthquake, right. but you also lose that, um, you lose that immortality, whatever. So that's why, I mean, every, I've heard people say the same thing. It's like, well, now Andy can't die. So, but yeah, he can. Absolutely. He can. But, yeah. Well, and I always looked at it as when they took the cup past the seal, that was what, you know, yeah anything, you, he there was he he mentioned the old man mentions like the the what was it what was the what was the line well he does say you know he says you've chosen he, wisely uh but yeah. the, but the price is that you you can't take it past the, the great seal for that it's his limit right. and that is the cost of immortality and that's why the right. knight's still alive he's been drinking from uh, okay it. yeah um because but he can't leave that that's the deal um there there is kind of a, a little little goof or a glitch or in, in that, that moment where, because Indy pours the entire cup over his dad's wound, and then the next shot, dad's looking at it and sets the cup down. There's still water in the cup. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, Andrew, you talk about like little things you noticed, and the petroleum bit is a pretty... Because he, he does make the line, like, I can drop a well down here and retire. Uh -huh. um, but the one thing that always kind of annoyed me is Donovan, is that this guy is this rich multimillionaire guy and he's got this grail tablet in his living room and he, he's the one that kicks this thing off right like the the hitler comes to him to say hey millionaire man we want you to help us find the grail and so so why like why him the only reason why you would bring him into the fold an american is right is he american i guess he's american mm -hmm. i don't think yeah. he had an accent the only reason why you would bring him into the fold is because he is a grail expert that he has the means the resources so when we get into the room and he's like i don't know what the cup looks like i'm not a grail expert like this entire movie you've been a grail expert until this moment you never thought to take five minutes to read maybe what the cup would look like like and now I've also always believed that she picked the wrong one on purpose. Oh, yeah. Because she wanted yeah. him to die. Yes. Because she wanted it for herself. Correct. And, and, uh, and so I always believe that. But, like, it just, uh, it, it just always seemed annoying. Like, the scene that with him dying is really cool. I, I love that scene, how they, how they shot it and all that stuff. And I think it still holds up after 30 years or whatever. But... Yeah, there's a it's a lot of reverse photography as well. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. which is like, I mean, they're just gonna ruin it for you guys. Just watch the flames next time you see the shot from behind Donovan. Oh, yeah. His hair is gonna just, the flames are going backwards, and I'm like, oh my god, it's like seeing the guy in the jeans and the t-shirt in Raiders of Lost Ark. Yeah, you can't unsee that. Can't unsee it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but it's a great it's it's a great use of the technology at the time, and it was the the morph technology that they'd um. Um, they'd used uh, it also in Willow. In, in Willow. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that's and that's kind of getting closer to to that CGI um yeah. explosion or that moment in ninety one and then into ninety ninety three, just the development of special effects. But that's an incredible 
it's, it's great cutting too. I mean, it's great editing. It's great special effects. Yeah. It, it just works so well. And it's still there, creepy. There is enough. one. It's mean, creepy and weird. Yeah. And cool. Go ahead, Andrew. Well, I was going to say there is one special effect in the movie that kind of takes me out of it now. Uh, and you can probably guess which one it is uh, when they drive the tank off the cliff. Oh, wow. Yeah. That yeah. one sucks too. Yeah. The, the yeah, whole biplane. Um, well, uh, that one's that one sucks too. too. And yeah. it, you know that that bugs me so much because only a year later, Spielberg directs Always, which has some of the most incredible miniature um, uh, and and model photography and and whatever they did for all the the close ups and the the. the the flights and everything looks real in always like you have Richard Dreyfus sitting in the, in the pilot seat and it looks like he's actually flying that plane. Mm -hmm. And, and, and here you got, I mean, the worst green screen work mm -hmm. I have ever seen. It's it's, and people complain about the CGI in, in crystal skull and now in dial of destiny. They're like, Oh, CGI go back to, to last crusade. <laughs> You're right. That that fall down it from the cliff is unnecessary. They didn't need it. it no. It's just a dumb shot. Um, but that whole airplane sequence is really like the Zeppelin taken off. It's really bad, really mm -hmm. bad, especially for everything else that they did in them in, in that whole entire series. It's just it's rough. Yeah, rough. I, I watched it on my big high def TV and I was like. Oh yeah, it's, uh, the 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 film doesn't quite hide the flaws of an old like my old TV hid some of these flaws, but um, and it's funny because my son's watching it and he, he you know he doesn't he doesn't care about that stuff, which mm -hmm. is cool. You know what the part he got really annoyed with was like, oh my god, how could he shoot the tail of his own plane? Like how did he not know that that was going to happen? And then. <laughs> And then the other part that really annoyed my son was when the when the car goes in the tunnel and the fighter pilot goes in after him. And my uh -huh. son goes, what fighter pilot would do that? Like, what did he expect to happen? I'm like, I don't know. It just... Uh, like, yeah, and I think it's just because he came around the corner and he didn't see what was behind there, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It was such... It's a clumsy scene. It's a very, yeah. very clumsy put-together sequence and it almost seems like it's last minute but it isn't I mean, the last minute sequence was the whole motorcycles uh chase that was done at the last second because when they saw the edit they're like there's not enough action so yeah. let's go into the i think it was like the hollywood hills or wherever it was um or maybe it was just outside san francisco i can't remember they just went out there and shot a the motorcycle action sequence and you can tell it's much later too because harrison ford's hair is actually quite longer than it is in the rest of the movie um, but yeah, they just made it up on the spot and it's great. Yeah. Um, so little, little jousting with the, with the stick thing is pretty great. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's so well done. And then that's the thing. I mean, when you're kind of under pressure, you might do some of your best work, but this, that, I mean, especially for, as I said, when you see some of the other special effects in this film, I mean, the leaps from the, the leap from the lion's head, I was on the edge of my seat when I first yeah. saw this. Cause I had, I honestly thought, how is he going to do this? And Indy's going to die. And, and that was one of the most suspenseful moments where I'm like, he's going to step off. And I, 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 I honestly have no idea, no idea. Usually you can kind of tell like where the give is and their tell, but this one, and then the whole special effect behind that is brilliant because that's actually built um, with that forced perspective. And it's an actual model. Um, actually, I have it here. It's really neat in the book. I'm not sure if you guys can see it, but there's the guy working on it right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. I was shocked. Um, and I think that, yeah, it's wonderful. Beautiful. That's a great special effect. But then yeah. the rest of it, yikes. And the funny thing <laughs> is the, the movie does cheat us a little bit because there's when he first, Indy first comes out, we're seeing from the other side of the whatever, right? So the this perspective would be different. Mm. We would see that the green is different. Yeah. So that's a little bit of a cheat. And then there's a moment where I can't remember it, but there's a moment where the camera is kind of looking. Oh, it's when he's about to take the first step. He's when he's shadow. about to take the step, there's nothing there. There is a gap. Yeah. So my thought was maybe 
the the bridge like almost connects there and then drops down a little bit. So that, I mean, there's just enough that the camera can kind of cheat a little bit. But you're right. My son did the same thing when he goes a leap. My son goes, he, no one can jump that. What's he gonna do, Dad? And then when he takes that first step and stops, my son goes, oh, "How did yeah. he do that?" My ten year old was amazed. And then when the camera, you know, shifts off axis a little bit, my son goes, "That was so cool." I mean, it was really cool to watch this through the eyes of a ten year old again. Uh-huh. Uh, last little note I will mention before I give clips because we need to we need to get moving on here is the uh, I do like it when they're in the catacombs underneath Venice. And he goes, "Hey, that's the that's the ark." And she's like, "Are you sure?" And he goes, "I'm pretty sure." And and they played a little <laughs> bit of a theme from the Raiders to get that little bit of theme there. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, time for some clippy clips. Uh, I I have a few, um, eight or so. So here we go. Number one. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. I always love that. So do you, I mean, it's, it's it's basically him saying your mama or something, you know, like, like yeah. oh, well, you're, you belong in a museum. Okay. Um, here's him teaching. So forget any ideas you got about lost cities, exotic travel, and digging up the world. We do not follow maps to buried treasure, and X never, ever marks the spot. And then, except for when it does, and then in the library, <laughs> 10 X marks the spot. <laughs> and then we get the great gag when he takes the stanchion and he's cracking the floor, and you got the librarian who's like stamping books, and he hits that stamp, and he goes, oh, That noise, and he's. He looks at the stamp and he does it the second time. And then when he breaks the stone, he like puts the stamp down like it freaked him out. I love that bit. Like, that's funny. That's not, mm-hmm. you're not going to get that kind of, I mean, it's not slapstick, but it's, it's funny. Um, this is also funny because we, uh, and you can tell the, the guy doesn't actually say this phrase. He doesn't actually say Mickey Mouse, uh, but they right. added it in. Um you have what he? Do you know what he originally oh, says? Oh yeah, you know what I did have. I, I forgot what it was. It was it you, was some other character that, that they didn't think they were going to be able to reference. So then they said Mickey Mouse. Instead. You have thirty four seconds to figure it out. Here you go. All right. Look, that gun and cut a sniffle. How you expected? Do not take that tone with me, my good man. Now battle off and tell Baron Brunwald that Lord Clarence Macdonald and his lovely assistant are here to view the tapestries. Tapestries? Dear me, the man is dense. This is a castle, isn't it? There are tapestries. This is a castle. And we have many tapestries. And if you are a Scottish lord, then I am Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah. Even in the recording, you can hear that that's a little bit different. Yeah. yeah. So the line was supposed to be, then I am Jess, Jesse Owens. Mm. Um, so, of course, he's the guy who defeated the Nazis in the 1936 Olympics. Right. And I'm sure huh. I, I wouldn't have got it. Um, yeah. So Mickey Mouse is, but yeah, that's <laughs> the ADR sucks. Yeah. The, the ADR is bad. And I remember watching it with my dad and my dad said, he wouldn't have said that. And I said, why? And he goes, cause Mickey Mouse hadn't been invented yet. It's like, Oh, okay. Not by oh. 1938. Is it? I thought that was. Would, then would they have seen Mickey Mouse cartoons? I didn't think Mickey oh. was a thing yet. I thought Mickey was. Is he pre World War Two? Well, uh, you look that up while I play the next clip. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah, fall yeah. into their hands. I came. I already played that one. Uh, this one also makes me laugh. I'm going to tell you something. Don't get sentimental now, Dad. Save it till we get out of here. The floor's on fire. You see? And the chair. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so Mickey Mouse, 1928. 28. Oh, okay. okay, so yeah, they would have. Steamboat Willie. Okay. Uh, going back to that clip, uh, Which do one? you think Sean Connery was offended by Harrison Ford doing the Scottish accent? <laughs> do, you, <laughs> do you think that oh. he uh, trained him a little bit? <laughs> Probably not. But but I thought that that was a great kind of... Oh, I mean, with that like James Bond moment, disguising yourself as someone else and trying to infiltrate. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was kind of that was kind of funny. I did think it was funny. 
One of my favorite moments in the movie. Tickets, please. Lost. No ticket. Love it. Absolutely love it. I use that phrase anytime I can. If it makes oh, yeah. sense, just no ticket. Yeah. Uh, and I mentioned this earlier. He chose poorly. Yes, he did. Okay. Is that it? That's it. You don't have one more. Oh, I don't. Best line in the entire film. No, I forgot. moment. I forgot to capture the. What is it with this junior? That's his name, Henry Jones Jr. There's a better line before that. Oh that no, which is it? Oh, it's when he finally calls him Indiana. Oh, he says Indiana. Let it go because he's been calling him Junior the whole damn time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the moment he says Indiana, that's when all of a sudden he's like, "Oh yes, sir." turns around and he says let it go let it go just let it go that's a great moment dad saves the son which is that gives me goosebumps just like you know indy's been saving the day for all three movies and all of a sudden dad has to save his kid and the fact that he acknowledges him as indiana is wonderful but yeah then it gets back you know five minutes later we're still back to junior and the gag and and the dog and oh one other cool thing i'm not sure if you notice it when you're watching it but of course we know that Indiana Jones is uh, named after the dog. So if you go back to the beginning of the movie and just after the train chase and where uh, young Indiana Jones runs home, um, we see the dog. Yeah. Well, John Williams plays the Indiana Jones theme on Piccolo. Just as we see the dog and Indiana Jones, uh, sorry, and young Indy runs by him. Nice. I thought brilliant cameo. Absolutely brilliant cameo. And that's not Sean Connery sitting there um, at the desk. It's uh, uh, an actor called uh, Alex Hyde White, mm-hmm. and that's the guy who's playing the the arm <laughs> of uh, of Henry Jones Senior. But I've always loved that that little that little uh, you know do gag with the dog. But you just you don't really pick it up until much much later, and especially after you know hearing the joke. And that's true. I mean, Indiana Jones is actually named after a dog. Yeah. Uh-huh. So. And I think it's the Alaskan Malamute, and that's what's in the. This is lying in the house, so um, I love it. I love I love all those little callbacks. Um, and again, they don't feel forced. Um, yeah, and then of course, I mean, geez, the 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 ride the ride off into the sunset. Yeah, man, and it's but during it's, the whole in credits too. Oh, it's so good, but it's also a gag too, because Marcus is like. Mm. You know, follow me. I know the way. Yeah. And then he almost falls off the horse and he goes, yeah. got lost in his own museum. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> After you. <laughs> yes, sir. Way, Junior. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> but I love the, you are named after the dog. The and dog. he just starts laughing. <laughs> I love it. All right. Time for this. And now for some more bad news. Ready? Time for our game. We're going to try to zip through this as quickly as possible. This is our game that we call, Hey, Did You Notice? This is where Andrew is going to ask Eric and I questions of things that we noticed in the movie. And though we have seen this movie probably combined 100 times, we will probably still miss all these things. Eric will go first. Uh, If he gets it wrong, I'll have a chance to steal and so forth. Andrew, take it away. All right. Eric, what year... Did Cortez give the cross to Coronado? <laughs> God, I have I have no idea, no idea. What is the answer? Uh, well, I, I can guess. guess. I mean, I'm not going to guess. It's 1635. Uh, he says uh, Cortez gave Coronado the cross in 1520. 1520. 1520. Okay. Yeah. Shows how much I pay attention. <laughs> All right, Sean, here's your question. Elsa drives the boat that they're in between two boats. What are the names of those two ships that they <laughs> drive <it>. between? <laughs> the Pinta and the Santa Marie. <laughs> I always did wonder why the prop was so high in the water. Like, yeah. like that's supposed to be in the water, not really high up, but it made for a cool scene. 
Eric, you got to guess this? No, I do not. I have no idea. So uh, there were two. Uh, one was Italian, of course, in Venice, and the other one was actually a ship from London. Uh, the Italian one was called Tiber, and the, the ship from London was the John W. Wackey, or Wacky. I don't know how you would okay. pronounce it, but that's the name of the ships. Hmm. So there you go. All right, Eric, in the room where Henry Jones is being held in the castle, an inscription is on the door frame directly behind him and Indiana as they are talking. What does the inscription say? Just above the door? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I don't know. Sure. Uh, it, it, it's, I mean, is it German? Is it a German phrase? It's in English. Why would it be in English? Uh, it says no smoking. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good guess. No. Uh, so they're in the, the Brunwald, uh, castle, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, above the door, it says Rudolph Brunwald 1478. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I, there's some debate. It, I think it's 1478. It could be 1278, but uh, it's actually a picture you can take a look at on IMDb. It's picture number 151 of 508. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it's on there, and it looks to me like it's a very fancy four, but I could see someone's case trying to say it's a two. But anyway, yeah. Picture 100 what? 151 of 508. 151, okay. Yeah, and you can kind of make it out. You have to zoom in, but yeah, that's the Brunwald Castle. Wow. All right. Okay. So, Sean, this is your question. Yep. On the side of the blimp, there is a number. Yeah, naturally. <laughs> what is the number? Yeah. What is the number on the side of the blimp? Oh, I don't know. Um uh, 1701. I've been watching a lot of, <laughs> been watching a lot of Star Trek. I'll say 1701. All right, Eric, do you have a guess? I don't know what's on the side of the blimp, but I did write down what was on the side of the plane. <laughs> well, I like, thought and, you might. Anticipating those, those what you were going were pretty to, obvious. So what I, you were going to say, but I, I, I don't, I really don't know what even the the plane numbers represent. Because usually that would represent something. And they were uh, D-E-K-V-Y. But yeah. I have no idea what's on the blimp. So this is also a picture you can find on IMDb. It's 174 of 508. And uh, the answer is D, as in dog, 138. One th oh, clever. Yeah, D-138. At least that's something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here's the... Yeah, there's numbers on bikes and things of that sort yeah. too, but I couldn't find anything that represent uh, reference like Star Wars besides that. All right, so here's the last question. Wait, Eric, hold on. D138. Yeah. What's that representing? 138? Yeah. Is that THX the THX? Okay. Yeah, just make sure yeah. I'm on the same page and any listener. <laughs> but that, that's not really well, that's THX1138, but then again that was used in that was the cell number in um or the the garbage shooter cell number in Star Wars as well. Yeah, so. Right. All right, last question. In the tank between Marcus and Henry Jones, what is posted on the wall of the tank? No smoking. <laughs> uh, no pens. Um, well, I'll give you a hint. It's not words. Um, I'm wow. I, don't, I never noticed. Sean? No, uh, yeah, I've, I've said no? my piece. Okay. Well, there are three pinup girls. Nice. On the on the wall of the tank. Yeah. I was well, at least they're, but yeah. Could be pinup girls, could just be pictures of, but they're, they look like maybe they're scantily clothed. So I thought. Although, you know, that tank, though, wasn't theirs. So, right. Mm. 
Yeah, it was the it was the it was the locals. It was the yeah. Jordanians or yeah. whatever they were. So, hmm. um, so that's uh, that's the game. Oh well, I, uh, looking through pictures, um, this is not the game anymore. But looking through pictures, if you look, I think it was. I just happened to catch it as I was looking through here because I always look through the pictures when we uh, are recording just mm-hmm. to see if there are things that I missed or whatever. But um, if you look, I think it's like fifty-eight. Or somewhere in there. Okay. Um, Steven Spielberg is wearing a hat that you might. Oh recognize. yeah, it says North Carolina Navy Patrol. Well, Highway or Patrol. Highway Patrol. Excuse me. All I can see <laughs> is the something why Highway Patrol. Yeah, he's wearing a North Carolina Highway Patrol hat. Yeah. This movie has a North sorry. Carolina connection. There it is. There you go. There's always. There's not always one, but that's that's cool. It was. Glad you found that, Andrew. Yeah. All right, so that's the game. Uh, this movie does have a RRR connection. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, the Elsa is the uh, is the evil um, mistress from RRR. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's very evil in that movie. Yep. And Allison Duty was only what twenty one when she was in this film. I, I don't think know. That's how old she was. Do do we want to have the conversation about? I mean, it's too late in the in the episode, you know. But like, Indiana Jones and his dad shared a woman. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that and that was and I think that was also um, one of the um, the aspects of the relationship that they wanted to introduce. Not so much that they were sleeping with the same woman, but that whatever Indiana Jones has done, his dad has done better. <laughs> <laughs> And literally, him sleep. that was part of the gag and the joke. But that's what it was like. That that's one thing that they wanted to to incorporate. That yeah, you know, senior did things first, and was she would have been twenty three doing the math. Oh, twenty three. Okay, maybe she's twenty one in the the Bond movie she was in. Or yeah, um, yeah. Wow. So and Harrison Ford was six, born in sixty six. So that makes him what like. Harrison Ford was born in 60, no, 66. I think that's what I read. Maybe I'm. That's when she was born. That means they're the same age. Uh, 42. Excuse me, 42. I was going to say, he's he's a lot. Yeah, he's just older than my dad. Yeah, so he's 20, what, 24 years older than her? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's Hollywood in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not much different now. Well, his actual wife is really young too, so there's there's that. Yeah, true. Uh, all right, that was fun. No one wins, and that's okay. Time for, uh, yes, time for this. Wait, what's supposed to happen? This is where we give the movie a score from 0 to 10. And uh, I have good feeling that this is going to be probably one of our higher-ranked movies because there's a lot of love to be said about this movie. Andrew, what you got? Yep. IMDb has an 8.2 out of 10. Um, and I just think it needs to go a little higher. Uh, again, because of nostalgic purposes, because it's a great movie, because it's it's fun, it's funny, it's action packed, and yeah, there's one or two things that don't really hold up technology wise, as far as you know the things we've mentioned. Uh, but I still think that it's a great film, so I'm gonna put this right at an eight point eight. Okay, and that's because uh, Back to the Future. Is a little bit better, so I'm going to use that number. <laughs> no, I, I got you. <laughs> I got you. What you got, Eric? Um, I think I gave Raiders ten. You did. Did I give Temple nine? You did. So, this one, uh, since it's my third favorite of the the series, but it's infinitely better than anything that's come after it. Um, it the only thing it loses marks for me, and, and I know you guys love the humor. I just think there's just way too much of it that's been incorporated into it. So the film loses a bit of its edge, or the series and the character loses just a little bit of its edge. Um, it, it it became a bit too silly for me, which then influenced especially the fourth movie, which just everything was was based on something comedic or goofy or lighthearted or way too whimsical, but it's still a fantastic, fantastic film. And, uh, 
But since I like Raiders and Temple better, it's an 8 out of 10 okay. for me. No problem. Uh, this is my favorite of the three, of all of them that I've seen. Uh, it's one of my, you know, I don't know if it's in my top 10 favorites of all time, but it would be probably in my top maybe 25 or so. Uh, I just adore this movie. I think it's a lot of fun. I like the humor. I'm okay with it being less edgy. And uh, so I gave uh, I gave Raiders 9.1. This is a 9.5 for me. I just love this movie so much. So, But giving it an 8.76 is uh, yeah, it's pretty good. I don't even, yeah. but I don't, honestly, I don't even know if that puts it in the top. Uh, where does that put it? Does it put it in the top 10 anywhere? Do you think so, Andrew? I think that's top 10 material. Uh, I don't know. I don't, mm. we've got quite a few that are around that score. No, we're going to see. Uh, it puts it somewhere around top 15. So That's still pretty good though. Yeah, it's still good. Nothing wrong with that at all. Anyway. Um, cool. Well, Eric, thank you so much for coming on. Please tell our listeners where they can find your show. Sure. Uh, it's easy to find it. Uh, cinematicsound.net. If you like uh, film, television, video game music, orchestral music, um, then, uh, yeah, my, my podcast is uh, is for you. And uh, there's exciting things that are, are happening. Um Again, I'm, I'm just waiting uh, to announce something that's actually pretty important and will expand our our reach significantly, but cool. it's still not official, but um, it's going to keep me very, very, very busy um, in a time when I literally have zero time. But again, yeah, if you like soundtracks, like scores, like movies, cinematicsound.net. Awesome. Yeah, check it out. Highly recommend Highly, highly, highly recommend. If you like music and all that stuff, go check them out. Definitely do that. Um, that's going to do it. Next week, we are finally going to do our episode with Will. We're doing Leon the Professional. We had to move that episode a couple of times. So next week, we're doing Leon the Professional, which I've only ever seen twice <laughs> because of the podcast. So I'm very excited to, uh, to get a chance to finally talk about that. Mainly because the notes for that have been on my uh, my script here for a very long time, so I'm ready to get rid of those. And Sam will be back. Uh, Sam will be back with us next week. Also. You haven't yeah. seen it, Andrew? I have not. Oh no. wow, you're in for a yeah, treat. I'm looking forward to it. It's um, I think a lot of people think it's it's John Luc Besson's best film. Yeah. Uh, yes. It's it's. I w- I like to say the Fifth Element, but I also have a that that kind of movie just has a weird place in my heart. Um, that was one of the first movies I ever bought on VHS and then DVD, and then because it was on the wrong format, it was HD DVD. They uh they 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 went they bet the wrong horse on that one. So <laughs> I uh, I just love that movie so much, but it's, yeah. it is a really really good movie. So. Can't wait to talk about that next week. In the meantime, go to our website, cheapseatreviews.lipson.com. There you can find links to all our social medias. Please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you do all that stuff. And uh, buy a t-shirt. Be like Rosie, who joined us last week, and wear our t-shirt to Comic-Con today. Because she did that today. She wore our shirt Uh to Comic-Con, which is so cool. So thank you, Rosie, for that. And that's going to do it. So on behalf of Eric and Andrew... My name is Sean, and I say thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. This is Cheap Seat Reviews.